Welcome to Open All Arts, the QPR podcast. It's the third in a series of podcasts where we usually can't understand each other, but now we really can't understand each other because we're not we're relying on Skype and the internet and being remote to each other. So we usually record this, as everyone knows, on a Monday or Tuesday night most, most weeks, face-to-face, and this is the third one that we are doing on Skype. But we're carrying on. We're doing them on Saturdays for the time being, whilst there is no football. And whilst you may think that there's not a great deal to talk about, we will try our best to entertain everybody and kind of cheer everyone up on a QPR-related uh, theme. So I'm David. Joining me should be there. It should be Paul Finney. Are you there? I am, sadly, for the rest of you and the audience. <laughs> Morning, Paul. Also, who should be there is Flo Lloyd-Hughes. Are you there, Flo? I am here, Yes. Very good. And coming in from approximately one mile away from where I am at the moment should also be Clive Whittingham. Hello, are we all right? Very good. Very good. How is everyone this week? Yeah, still still the same as yesterday and the same as I'm going to be tomorrow, I suspect. Have you tried to mix up a bit, Clive? Uh, we got stuck into Tiger King on uh, Netflix last night, which... Uh, my God. Which is quite something. Very I've never good. seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> I don't even what, know what you're talking I, about. Uh, so I realise this is a QPR-related podcast, but QPR fans are used to absolutely batshit crazy stuff. Using that word is probably not appropriate at the moment, right? But this Tiger King thing is is, <laughs> is absolutely nuts. What episode are you up to, Clive? Uh, I think I think we got up to four. We I basically fell asleep during four last night. I think um, so. I need to go need to go back and rewatch that. But Finney, it's basically a, a gay zookeeper seduces younger guys with tigers and crystal meths. That's basically the plot. But then oh! the woman, the other woman too. <laughs> she's yeah. a wrong un, right yeah they're all wrong uns, basically <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm at the same spot as you are clive i finished three last night about 11 o'clock tempted by the idea of starting four and then thought no i'll just fall asleep so yeah i'm on oh, four. Yeah, that's what i did yeah yeah Brilliant. so whilst we will get onto the qpr stuff in in 10 seconds time let me finish this off by saying in my opinion episode five is the craziest. So you've all both got it to come. So enjoy the rest of the day. Wow. Um, I, I never like Suze anyway, but I'll give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. And how's everyone doing without their QPR fix? Bored shitless. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great, is it? It's basically turned Friday night into the worst time of the week because usually it's, it's the best night you've got your QPR coming the following day and whatever, and now we don't. You're just looking forward to two days of just sitting around the house again, and you almost you almost wish you were working, almost, not quite. Do you know, the worst thing is I usually have a row on Friday trying to get everything done so I can get to the pub and then start my QPR weekend on a Friday night, and it's just not the same. When you have some, I'm, I'm having to invent arguments about games that don't exist. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well... We hope we can sort of 
lift the mood a bit with some QPR related chat, which we're going to go on to. So um, let me go through the podcast first. First of all, thank you to everyone who continues to support us, because even in these very weird and difficult times for everyone, we still are being supported and we appreciate it. We have an episode sponsor today. Uh, so we have John Goodall, who sponsors us. Thank you so much, John. And his message is, I'm a... I'm a regular at home games and I've only recently discovered the podcast. It's great and happy to support it. Please do a shout out to my children, Dom, 13, and Aggie, 11. Hi, Dom and Aggie. They're both big Eze fans, so I'm trying to manage their expectations. Read how long we have him. If you can manage our expectations, John, as well, that would be much appreciated. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So we were, we talked last week about doing our favourite QPR games and then... I threw, uh, or we threw a, a grenade into the planning about half an hour ago by having a look at all the discussions that were going on on Twitter and everybody's been talking about their ultimate 11 the last couple of days. So we've decided to move the favourite games to next week and this week we're going to go through our ultimate 11s. So we'll talk more a little bit about that in a few minutes. However, one QPR player, quote-unquote, uh, has been in action. There has been one person in action this week for QPR, um, and we thought we would talk to him. So if you have uh, managed to see this, there has been a kind of nationwide esports tournament with everybody representing a club uh, on FIFA and playing teams from uh, around the world to try and fill some of this gap for football lovers. The QPR player is a guy called Benji Lovell, who I think's done all right so far. So we were going to have a quick word with him now. Hi, Ben. Thanks for joining us. You're the only QPR-related player who's got any action the last <laughs> couple of weeks. For those of us who, who, haven't, who might not be familiar with what's gone on in this whole tournament, explain how it's come about. Uh, well, basically, um, uh, Leighton Orient started a FIFA competition on Twitter. And um, <clears throat> I think about 64 teams entered at the start. And it's grown to 128, I believe. And then, and uh, the... Sorry, you're and the then, QPR uh, representative. Yeah, right? I am, yeah. Yeah, so uh, QPR uh, entered it on Twitter. And then um, I think I just I tweeted on... I commented on one of the tweets saying, oh, um, like I'm available to play, basically. And because uh, I won a QPR tournament uh, a few weeks ago, and then they got in touch with me, and then uh, that's how it come about, really. Very good. Congratulations. So, so does that make you the best? That makes you the best QPR-related uh, FIFA player. So, so who have you I played so, so far? Uh, so far, I played um, a footballer, Adam Liddle, from Derry City, who I beat 2-1. And I played um, a footballer from Coventry. I can't remember his name. Um, and I beat him 4-1 uh, a couple of days ago. So so some of the clubs got actual players representing them, or are they all yeah. in sports? Uh, some clubs have uh, footballers, some clubs have fans, and some clubs have uh, FIFA eSport players playing for them, yeah. And who have you got in the next round? I've got uh, Genk in the next round, and they've got a professional FIFA player, so that'll be a bit harder. Be harder. When's that? Yeah, uh, that should be today at half six, but I'm still uh, awaiting confirmation on that. And okay, so a couple of questions on that: How do people watch it, and what round is that? Like, how how many teams are left in it? It's the last. It's the round of thirty-two now. 
So if I get through, I'll be in the quarterfinals. And um, for people to watch, you can either go on to QPR's Facebook or Twitter and they uh, live stream it. Very good. And how, how involved has the club been with you and, 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 and trying to get this off the ground? Yeah, yeah very good. As soon as um, the Leighton Orient thing come out, the club were right on it. And uh, straight away, I got uh, an email asking me if I could uh, represent QPR. And then they've sorted out everything for me. So, yeah, they've been great on that on that regard. Can I ask a question? So, so, sorry, can I just jump in here for a second? Yeah. I'm, I'm an old bastard, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting on in life. You know, you're getting to the dodgy teeth stage, know her, all that. Like, can people who are middle-aged arsewipes like me get into this? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dad watches me and he doesn't really understand what's going on. Because um, everyone, his FIFA's a bit different to uh, real life. So, Everyone just tells you just to shoot and stuff. So everyone gets a bit frustrated watching me play. But, um, yeah, you can get into it. I mean, QPR's on a good cut run at the moment. So Unusual. That's, more than, I'm, I'm, that's more than real life anyway. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it this afternoon. And then, um, are you on Twitter, by the way? Uh, I am, yeah. Uh, my right. Twitter is uh, Benji Lovell 2 all right, and I will let you know what I think. And <laughs> can you can you abuse the opposition while you're on it as well? Because there's a little space bar where you can just abuse them like in real life. Uh, you can go onto their uh, onto their page and abuse them if you like. Just to make it a bit, you... bit, bit Coventry, yeah. got, Coventry got really salty with you in the way. Oh what was, yeah, was, <laughs> you're like I'm very one, popular in Coventry. I'm yeah. number one. I'm number one enemy in Coventry at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> Basically, when I beat their player and he started uh, giving it all on Twitter, saying that I'm cheat. Well, he didn't say that, but all their fans are saying that I was cheating. That because I'm good at FIFA, basically, and they didn't like me is, losing. So uh, is that cheat? Is that cheating? How do you cheat? I, I, that's what I said. Yeah, I don't know. They couldn't explain <laughs> that one to me. They've never got over that Ibiza Cup, you know. They've never got over it. <laughs> unlike unlike Paul. Um, I maybe maybe a bit younger and uh, and do do follow esports a little bit. Are you yeah. like are you a professional player at the moment? Um, uh, no, no. And but do you, do you play in a lot of tournaments? Yeah, I just spend too much time on FIFA, but I don't get paid for it, unfortunately. Oh no! You, are you hoping to get to that level one day? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm a bit too old for that. I think I'm 26 now, so reach your reach your esports peak. Yeah, I think I've yeah I think I've peaked and it's just downhill from here. To be fair. Oh god, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got to represent QPR, so I'm happy anyway. No, that's true. Uh, and you're a QPR fan, I'm guessing. I am. You? Yeah. Yeah. Where? So, so you go regularly? And I used you do, to go. Where, where do you sit? Yeah. I used to go home and away. I used to sit up aloft. Um, but I play football myself on the Saturday now, so. I've only been to two or three games this season, but uh, yeah, always up aloft. And and we are we're about to uh, later on in the podcast. We're talking about our favourite, um, our all-time QPR eleven. Who's your all-time favourite player? Uh, Adele wrapped easily. I have a feeling he will be he will be getting a mention or two yeah. later on in the podcast. So you're playing today at six thirty, so this podcast should be out by then, yeah. so people can go to the QPR Facebook page and listen to you. And if you win that, do you know when the next round is? Uh, I'm not sure. It will either be Monday or Tuesday, I believe. 
We're just taking it one game at a time, David, surely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, oh, uh, very good. Good, good luck, lad. Hope you, hope, you, hope you spank a few people and um, keep it going. And um, thank, you for, thank you for everything you're doing for esports, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Benji. Good luck. Cheers, Benji, big man. Think he might have gone. Yeah. Well, he's he's very professional with the podcast, wasn't he? He's Comes and goes. Paul, you need to get yourself on 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 a bit of uh, esports, especially at times like these. Um, I've got a P. I've got a PS3. I brought off someone when I was drunk in the pub for thirty quid, um, <laughs> and I've never actually played it. I've got five games as well, which I thought was quite a good price. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna dig it out, dust it down. It's PS3 way behind now. I'm presuming it must be like kind of like museum type thing. It's only one behind, I think. Oh, I'm really? Four, so. But I think so they, what you... they've done is like upgrade the modems or whatever. But it's only technically, I think, one generation. It's behind. one behind. Yeah. So I can one play behind. you lot. Can I play you lot of FIFA and stuff? Not that I haven't got FIFA. You no, may be able to. You can't do. I don't think you can do PS3 to PS4. I think it's all. Uh, I don't know. It's well, all on. Oh, I might. I might have. I might have a, a disc for you that I might be able to drop around in quarantine. In quarantine. <laughs> you're, you're, far, you're far too good for me. Because if I could do that, then I could get coached and I could be really good. Well, this yes. is taking a turn. Um, <laughs> Clive, can you get on it so I can beat you at something for Christ's sake? <laughs> I think the last computer game I played was Snake. That was on the phone, wasn't it? That was on the phone. I have to admit, even I'm getting slightly better at, at these games. I have played a fair bit of FIFA this week. And also, we are a, we are a pro Evo household as well. So I've been playing both games. What is it? Going back, going back a bit, though, I think poor old Ben's getting a wee bit of hard time with Coventry. They they don't seem to like us at Coventry. We're one of them clubs they just take a dislike to for some reason. Anyone know why? They get they get offended very easily, don't they? I remember that from when we used to we used to play them. Um, them not coming up is one of the reasons I'm quite in favour of the uh, league being abandoned. To be honest, because uh, not in a rush to go back there, although it isn't actually there anymore, is it? It's, uh, well, I do um, feel for I do feel for them in that score. I mean, I know the new ground. We I think we were the first team to play there. If memory serves you right. Um, God, yeah. That was a dire day, wasn't it? Yeah, we got Shocking. beat three three nil in the ground. The ground was nowhere near finished. I remember there was hanging down and all sorts of things. But yeah, not one of the uh, not one of our better days. It was the only game I've ever been to where you're more scared of being electrocuted than you were from the way home fans. Very <laughs> it strange. Was, yeah, do you know what I mean? But you know, they, they don't like us. I remember the time that we we lost down there. I think Ian Jess scored for them, and um, that got really nasty afterwards. Anyway, and the Ibiza Cup as well. So, but I do feel sorry for them not having their own ground. No one should lose their ground. So, uh, hopefully, they get the ground back. And um, sorry, we keep pissing them off. Copa del Ibiza, Copa del special podcast. I reckon. What during the lockout, we should uh, oh. we should get a couple of players and uh, and reminisce. That would be amazing. <laughs> I don't think they remember much. Thirty-seven, week thirty-seven of the lockout I beat the cut podcast I think that's a brilliant do you know what Clive it's not often I agree with you in fact I never agree with you but that is a brilliant show I, I have listened to cup. We, be we should we should lobby we should petition the club to replay the final you know how they're playing all these old games if there is, if a video of it does exist for them to stream as live the final of the Ibiza cup Two nil down, weren't we? How did we come from two down to win three two? I think it's also Dean Sturridge's only goal for us. 
And it, there's a full-scale fight as well. Oh, yeah, no, it was nasty, yeah. Yeah. He has uh, a good idea. I don't think there is any footage, though, to be fair. You probably need fans to send in their phone, mobile phone clips of that one, I presume. I, I don't think it was screaming. There, there might be, or at least live tweeting, anyway. Brilliant. I, I like that idea. Oh, so we are, we're going to talk through our ultimate 11. So we saw this on Twitter, and this is where everybody it talks through the players, that uh, their favourite 11, their top 11 from the uh, players they have seen play for their club, and we're going to do that today. So couple of things to make clear. Although Finney is really old. No, Finney is the oldest, I think, and I'm the second oldest. But there's, there's, we haven't all seen certain players. So, for example, I and I'm, I think the rest of you have not seen the likes of Bowles, Marsh, Francis play. So they're not going to be in my 11 and they probably won't be in ours. So it's only the players that you've seen. But I'm sure we will give some honourable mentions to players who would be in any ultimate 11. Um the, I think how we'll do it is we'll go through position by position and then we'll sort of probably argue about who should be in the ultimate team between us. Unless anyone's got any other way of doing it. No, nope, that sounds great for a fight. Good. Right. Let's start with goalies then. Who wants to go first? Who's the got? Who wants to throw in their first goalie in their ultimate 11? Finney, I'm, we may as well start with you. I'm torn between Jan Stayskill and Seaman. Um... Well, I've got Seaman, so you can go with Stay School. Okay, I'm happy with that. Explain why. Just, just, oh, so underrated as a keeper. Came, didn't speak a word of English. I like the fact that Don High said he settled in when he was able to go Seamsbury shopping, which in these days would have been impossible for the poor lad. So he went to Seamsbury's, he learned how to speak at Seamsbury's, he saved brilliant penalty at Newcastle, and he and he was a World Cup goalkeeper, which I never thought I'd see a sign when QPR could let one goalkeeper go and sign in a, a, another World Goalkeeper. And he was actually a very, very, very decent goalkeeper. And um, I'm going to put him in there. Um, it was a hard one, but I would have put Tony Robinson just for, for, for a fun factor, but that's not right. That's not if, Tony, right. if Tony Roberts gets in this team, I'm, I'm signing off now and not playing. I'll change your mind. Change your mind. <laughs> I used to love Tony Roberts. But you were, I you were I was, wrong. I was young. I was young and and <laughs> I possibly just, I don't know, liked the idea of him regardless of how good he was. As Seeing as I've already, um, I have not kept my goalkeeper powder dry, I may as well make the case for David Seaman then at this point, which is... So he played for us, I think, 86, I want to say, to 91, something like that, which is quite a long time for a goalkeeper. If you ever tell people outside of QPR fans that David Seaman played for QPR, there's always big shock about it because he was at Arsenal for so long. Everybody said, what, really? Did he? Like, no, almost nobody remembers it outside of us. He played for us a hell of a long time, and he was a really, really good keeper, obviously, because I think at the time that he went to Arsenal, it was the record fee for a goalie. But when he went, he was already, he played for England, I think, unless someone corrects me, whilst he was with us. He went to the World Cup in 1990 whilst he was with us, and he was a really, really excellent keeper. So he is, he is my Apart goalie. from free kicks. Apart from free kicks, well, you've got a long memory. Go on, what do you mean by that? Well, I always remember every time he got a free kick against us, I wasn't convinced he would ever get to them for some reason. He improved that at Arsenal. But, um, but you know, when he came from Birmingham, no one was expecting big things from him, and it was, it was quite bizarre. Yeah, it, 
he was actually a really, really good. I mean, and I remember people sort of being bewildered. He left us for Arsenal, saying, "Why is he going there for?" That's how good QPR were. Uh, Flo. So, for nostalgia, I was going to go with Chris Day because he was the goalkeeper when I first started going to games. But in reality, um, I've gone for Smithies. And that's mainly because he was an immensely talented goalkeeper. And I kind of just wish he'd been with us longer and hadn't left to Cardiff and kind of killed his career a little bit. So, I put Smithies, mainly his penalty-saving abilities. But he was just a fantastic goalkeeper. So... Yeah, that's who I've gone for. Hmm. Good shout. Clive? I went with Stagegal. Seaman uh, left the season before um, my first game, so I uh, went with Stagegal. And uh, same's going to happen with Paul Parker in a minute because uh, I probably would have had Seaman and Parker in there um, had I been a year sooner to the party. Um, but yeah, stage girl narrowly ahead of Smithies for me. Um, I think when, uh, when Smithies went to Cardiff, I think I said, he's probably our best goalkeeper since Seaman. And I've calmed down a little bit since then and moved stage girl back up. Cause like Paul says that like we went to the world cup and, and bought the form goalkeeper from the tournament. It's just, you know, imagine that happening now. Um, yeah. Stage, stage girl for me. Well, I think that's that is that's a majority then, isn't it? If I can't quite spell the guy's name because I am writing all this down, but that is from that is Jan Stasegel as goalie in this team. I think Oof, that's a first controversial decision already. I, I like it. I, I think those three goalies though are probably with perhaps you would throw Paddy Kenny in there as a fourth, maybe. I think those three are probably of the last thirty years, which is basically what we're talking about. They probably are those top three goalies. I, I would have thought. I can't really think of anybody that could be cheesed off at not being in that selection. Yeah, having having I, I stuck up for Kenny last week in um, on the on the podcast, um, but I don't think he's any, I don't think he's close to those three because where although he was absolutely incredible in the Championship season, when we got promoted to the Premier League, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he. I just I remember towards the end of that season that first season in the Premier League when we lost Warnock and Hughes came in that Kenny wasn't particularly crash hot at that level. So Smithies and uh, although Smithies never played Premier League, did he? But uh, Smithies and Stage Gala ahead of Kenny. Do you know who I feel sorry for? It's been left out of this conversation. Poor old Seb Dystra. Came from Dundee United with a great moustache. <laughs> you see, I used to love Seb uh, Steve Dystra because he wasn't Tony Roberts. I had a massive... <laughs> I had a massive thing about Tony Roberts when I was a kid. He just seemed to make really basic mistakes really often to me. Like there was one at Ipswich from about 40 yards that he somehow let roll over his glove and in. There was one against Barnsley at home where he went to catch a free kick and dropped it in the net. And he did that again against Norwich. He just seemed to make really basic errors all the time. And that thing he used to do where he would receive a pass back and dawdle around on it until the striker was right on him. I forgot, was it Paul Walsh or Mickey Quinn for Man City walloped it into the net off his arse? Just just taking too long over a pass, but I had a, I had a massive Indian sign over Tony Roberts when I was a kid. So Dykstra and Summer were my heroes for a little while because I was like, they weren't Tony Roberts. Clive, you're going to break my brother's heart. He's got signed tur gloves from Tony Roberts hung up in his house. You're killing him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's but, just a, maybe it's just me. 
The full, five, the full five eventually. Clive is slightly, I would say, too unsympathetic about Tony Roberts. His ability as a goalie, I think Clive is kind of nearer to the, the truth than most, most of us would like to remember. But cult hero-wise, club servant-wise, I think he was, he was very popular. And I, 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 I certainly was a big fan of his. Um, and can I ask, has everyone got 4 4 2? I haven't checked this. Yeah. I went, yeah, I went 4 4 2. I mean, I, I did mine with about 10 minutes warning, as you know, sort of behind the curtain. Um, but uh, there was only, uh, mine basically picks itself in a 4 4 2. There's only a couple of positions. So, yeah, I've gone 4 4 2. I've gone 4 I'm free. I'm, I'm freestyling. Well, let's go right back then. <laughs> Let's start with right back. Can I just mention um, one last thing about Tony Roberts? He was born the same day as me. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Uh, Clive, you, it sounds like you are making the case for Paul Parker. No, no, Paul Parker. So Paul Parker was seasoned before I started. So, I, again, I would think that Parker would have been in it had I ever seen him play for us. But sadly, sadly I didn't. Um, so so right, right as well. He, sorry, go on. I was going to say right back, I went David Bardsley. Uh, I just, for me, just absolutely superb player and a little bit ahead of his time. Both both the fullbacks in that team were a bit ahead of their time because obviously wingbacks are so crucial to how football's played now. But Bardsley used to just storm off down the line and sling those beautiful crosses in. Just, I, he would be worth a fortune now in the modern game, I think. I agree, and didn't take enough free kicks. He had an excellent free kick ability, but we didn't we didn't use it enough. Do you know what? You're, you're quite right there, Clive. I remember we went to Anfield and we beat Liverpool, and we absolutely played him off the park. And Wilson and Bardsley were absolutely world class. So I was I was going to put Warren Neal in because that's kind of my romanticism about football because I'm old. But um, yeah, I would I would say Bardsley. How he didn't get more England caps, I will never know. He should have declared for Northern Ireland. Bardsley is also mine. I loved that man when he played. When that team, when we had not only two good fullbacks, but we had two wingers playing in front of those fullbacks in Sinton and Impey. And of course, we had some decent strikers. So it just used to be so exciting. I don't even think they called people for, uh, wingbacks then uh, in those days. But that was pretty much what, what Bardsley was. He was a fantastic player. Should have got more than two caps for England. Uh, yeah, I mean, so on the, on the England thing, because Clive Wilson's my left back, I may as well just chuck that, chuck that in now as well. So Wilson and Bardsley are my fullbacks. And on the England caps thing, with Clive Wilson, you can kind of understand why, because there were people like Kenny Sansom and Stuart Pearce around that time, so tough to get a, a cap at left back. But Bardsley was only really competing with Lee Dixon. And I'd, for me, I mean, you know, Arsenal fans and, you know, people with vague memories of the 90s would laugh at you if you said David Bardsley was better than Lee Dixon because Lee Dixon's like the famous one, isn't he? But Bardsley was streets ahead of Dixon for me. And really, sh- he should have got way more England caps. Um, and I, I think, as I remember as a kid, Arsenal kept getting linked with Bardsley all the time on the back of the papers. Mm. There was always talk about Bardsley going to Arsenal. So George Graham probably agreed. The, the one thing Bardsley had over um, Lee Dixon, pure and simple, was uh, technical ability. Way ahead of him. Um, read the game better, better cross through the ball. But Dixon played for a, a more fashionable club, I suppose. That's the only reason I can think that they would do that. Well, well, Dixon also played. I'm not making. I'm, I'm trying to explain maybe why. Because Dixon played in a very tight, very organised unit, so he kind of rode off the coattails of how good that defensive unit was. I suppose, mm. reputation-wise. Uh, Flo, what did you have? 
because you're, you're a bit you're a bit younger than the rest of us so uh, I long way. yeah because, because of that it's kind of slim pickings on right back and i've reluctantly put carl walker not because he's obviously a fantastic and talented player, but it feels weird picking someone who only played half a season. But in terms of the position in my generation, that's, you know, by far the best right back to be at Loftus Road. And obviously someone who's gone on to have an amazing career um, internationally and, and um, in the Premier League. So I've put him down, but I'm just, it feels a bit weird because he doesn't really feel like a QPR player. I don't disagree with that from the last kind of 15 or so years. I thought he was absolutely fantastic for us. I think that's, that's it was only brief, but I think that's a good shout. Yeah, if, if you took Bardsley off me, I'd probably go Walker as well, even though he was only here for a, a short period of time. He was just obviously an outstanding player, even at, even at that age and with that level of experience. I remember his debut, I think, was a Tuesday night up at Ipswich. And you just saw him straight away. Just the pace on him was incredible. I think we won 3-0 that night. Mackie got a couple. And just Walker was unbelievable. And what it what it did for that team, because we'd not been figured out, because obviously we were still winning games, but teams had started at that stage of the season after 10 games or so to try and double and triple mark to wraps. And then suddenly we had this, basically this new attacking threat from right back. Remember at Bristol City away, we got a 1-1 draw and Walker was our most attacking player from from right back. And it just, it stopped teams being able to bunch up around Adele. So, Bardsley, right back. Let's, let's, uh, that scene, that's three out of four there with an honourable mention for Kyle Walker. Jumping straight over to left back. I, Clive has already declared. I have declared the same. I also have Clive Wilson. Paul, are you any different? Well, you see, I loved Ian Doors and I loved Gino Padula, um, but I would have oh. to go. Yeah, Gino's mine. Gino's mine. Are you all right? Then you, okay, you can have that one. I, I was saying no more, but yeah, I would. I would go Wilson again. Um, I, I, I believe we converted him from a winger to a left back. I don't know if he already was playing that, but. We converted him, and he was like a million pound signing. And yeah, one of the, along with Danny Maddox, an absolute bargain at the time. And what a player! Again, she, I know you, what Clive says is true with Samson and that, but to me, Wilson technically was just superb, absolutely. So, see, he came, he, he started playing with us a little bit later on his career because a, a few years younger, he would definitely would have got a, a move to someone less glamorous than us, and probably played more times for England. And what a gentleman he is as well the times he's been in the podcast a super player super guy when um when we talk about the effect of um ferdinand leaving killing that team people it, it often gets overlooked that clive wilson we faffed around with his contract and jerry ended up nicking him and taking him to spur right. it was a huge i mean rufus brevet came in and did all right but he he was never a clive wilson was he i think brevet would admit that himself even though he went on to have a, a very good premier league career wilson was just just absolute cut above. I, lo- I loved Gino as well. And the, there's this sort of, there's a perception that once we got promoted, Gino sort of wasn't as good and, you know, couldn't cut it in the championship. I never saw that. And I think his release from the club was political as much as anything. It was over the Ramon Diaz, uh, the Ramon Diaz thing Holloway took against him, I think. Um, but yeah, I love Gino, but Clive, Clive Wilson just absolutely you know, streets and streets ahead for me. And his, his penalty taken as well was amazing. I'm not. I don't think he missed one, did he? Oh my, is my memory playing tricks on me? But I think his penalty taken was pretty damn good as well. 
He missed, he missed a couple, but I think he missed in the shootout at Grimsby in the League Cup that time when uh, Alan McDonald scored with his socks rolled down to send us through. Um, yeah, but he knew Macca was going to do that. So, yeah. So. Um, and the, obviously the, the penalty that I always remember from Wilson was the uh, the last kick of the game, injury time, FA Cup fifth round yeah. at, home to, at home to Millwall, sparing as a replay at the Den. So uh, he's a legend, remember that. legend just Gosh. for that. What, what a day that was. Today, okay. So, stay school Barsley Wilson. So, sorry, Flo. A good shout from Padula, though. But, Flo, start us on one of your centre backs, Danny Shitu. Oh, do you know what we should do? We should do sorry, we should do centre backs, both centre backs together, so we can have a reach a consensus on two. So, take us through both of them, Danny Shitu and Neda Manua. Um, Danny Shitu was an absolute hero and icon of mine. Um, I played at centre-back and he was, you know, an absolute beast. And also, I just loved the story of him living with those two guys. Those Were they hairdressers or tailors or something? Um, I haven't heard this. Have you never heard of this? No, tell me. So, uh, my dad will probably remember, but there was a story that... Um, Danny Shitu for for a while was lodging with these two guys who were QPR fans who were either tailors or hairdressers. I can't remember what their job jobs were. I'm sure um This was this is this is um ghost. This is these these no, hang on, Pliny, you're gonna help me. These are the fellas who who funded they signed him. Yeah, ghost uh the Winston yeah. the Winton family. They, they sponsored he, him as well, didn't they? Yeah, but he did Yeah, this is he didn't live with them. He didn't live with them. Oh no, maybe I've okay. Maybe I've just written that fairy tale. Well, maybe he did, but that sounds so much better. Let's go with that. It's good. Let's anyway, go with that. So, well, anyway, they helped bring him to the club. I know that, and they sponsored him as well uh, in the program and stuff. And maybe I invented this nice little side story that they. So, so this is Matt Winton who does listen every now and again. So this is who I think you're talking about. So Matt. Shed some light on this on Twitter. Did you or yeah. did you not live with um, Danny Shitty? Yeah, please do. And Matt, if you didn't, um, Bitcoin, you watch that. Right? A nice story, anyway, that I've invented. Um, but yeah, um, unbelievable uh, presence in the box, and just yeah, just reliable. And I was such a big fan. And Neda Manua also. Um, yeah, a great, a great leader. Um, well, I don't think he was as good as Shitu. I think Anua had a lot of weaknesses, but I also think during quite a chaotic and shit time for the club, he was one of few reliable people, and he ended up getting treated quite badly. I think towards the end, and I still think with everything he gave the club, I think I, I do respect him a lot. And in my kind of generation I think they're two fantastic centre backs very good um, I'll go next then I have got my two I've got a feeling Alan McDonald is going to be very popular and Finney will, will probably give a better summation of him and his career than me so I'll just nominate him as one of mine my other one is actually someone that has been mentioned already maybe a controversial choice in this position maybe not but Paul Parker so it is, it is kind of forgotten in the midst of history that he was a centre-back for us and he was a very good centre-back. I don't think he, he played ever played right-back for us. Maybe someone will point out a, 
uh, cup match in which he did. But he was a centre-back, and when he went to Man United, Alex Ferguson converted him to a right-back. He, Those two together, for me, were a very, very... They were a kind of very solid combination. Um, and Paul Parker was a, a really good, nippy centre-back. He was tiny, really the opposite of an archetypal centre-back. Um, in, in the way that you think someone should be tall and strong, but he was really good in the air. He was good on the floor, good in the tackle, and so that's why I have those two. Oof. Finney, yeah. you've obviously got Alan McDonald as one of them. Yeah, well, I, I can you leave out the, the, the fairy fellow who made me a QPR fan. Apologies to everyone else who's had me in their life ever since because he went to my school uh, the first program I got from QPR was him, Ian Stewart, and a guy called Fullerton that signed for the club. They went to Ralph Cool School, the same as me. So I supported that. Well, I say go to school. I didn't really go. Surprise, surprise. Anyway, but that's why I got into QPR. And his brother dropped the program right my, to my house because he was a football fan. And, and that's how I started supporting QPR. So if it wasn't for Mac, I wouldn't be a QPR fan. But that said, underrated, um, solid, born leader, um, Love the club. I mean, just goes to show you don't have to be born within a mile of the club to, to get what QPR is all about. And he lived and breathed QPR and was an amazing ambassador for the club, the way he just sat down with fans in pubs and everything else. And also legendary for probably setting off the smoke alarm if they had one of them there smoking in the toilets. Um, so Maka gets my vote. Now, the, the other one, and God rest his soul as well, and the other one that I'm struggling with is, is, is shocking, really, because I've got Paul Parker, who was probably... Well, he was amazing. You say about um, jumping. I mean, he had springs in his boots. The guy was amazing. Yeah, he did. You know, and and, and also he, he he just read the game so superbly for a wee man uh, to play that there. But remember, we, we he did always play set out for us. I don't think he ever played right back. People forget he was a make weight in the deal that brought Dean Coney to QPR. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't think I knew that. There you go. So he was he was the afterthought in that deal, and he was by far one of the great but then you know what there's an also big pull towards Danny Maddox who was massively underrated massive great player for Rangers totally solid best man marker in the game and then there was Terry Fennick and oh, you know it's, uh, Parker Sorry to, and also Clint Hill as well, and Cash uh, you've stolen, yeah, you've stolen my thunder because I was. I mean, I'm going for I'm going for Macca as well, and just to, just to throw in what it, what a real shame and uh, scandal it was the way he wasn't given his final year at QPR to go off and do that final year at Swindon. I think that that really hurt him, and you saw when he came back that game and played in goal for 80 minutes. You know, he was he was really fired up that day. Um, so yeah, you know what, Clive, we'll, sorry, Clive, talk about yeah, that. He was treated badly both times when he was just a manager. Um, Macca was such a gentleman, such a good person. He never talked about it. I've heard it from other people because he never said it. QPR hurt him more than anyone could ever know um, and both times, and it's really sad. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, Houston Houston released him, didn't he? Because um, he, he said he, he he was slow or his legs had gone or something something like that. But, you know, he was never quick in the first place. That's why he... It's not why you why you picked him. He was never there for pace, and then he replaced him with your mate Steve Morrow. Don't, don't. Yeah. I mean, it was. I think it was more Rioc. From what I heard, it was more Rioc, who yeah. sort of was was a mastermind behind all that and just wanted to get everyone from bloody Arsenal at the time. Um, yeah. Absolute disgrace the way they treated that man. And sorry, sorry, Clive, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. So um, I think we'll struggle to get consensus on the other one because I like 
Shitu. And although I never saw him play, I think we should probably go with Parker, given everything he achieved. Went to a World Cup as a QPR player and and, mm. and whatever. But Clint Hill was my uh, was my other one. Having gone with Wilson at left back, Hill in the sort of second half of his QPR career played centre back for us, and he's, he's certainly worth a, worth a mention. I just uh, Hill was uh, yeah, I had him given, down well. Yeah, given the expectation of. The, the level of expectation when he arrived that he was just one of Warnock's crusty old mates from Palace and he was going to come in and play for a year and his ankle was knackered and all of this, you know, he, the service he gave us and promotions he won. Um, and the, 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 I'm not a big fan of the team that won at Wembley. I mean, you know, I've said many times, you know, not a fan of Redknapp and the way they went about it, the money that was spent. But for Hill to be able to climb the uh, Wembley steps and, and lift a trophy after when he was a kid, he got to the League Cup final with Tranmere and got sent off and it had haunted him his whole career, never been back to Wembley since. So for him to do that in our colours was was fitting and three Premier League seasons, I, I, I went with Hill, but I'm willing to cede and let, uh, let us pick Parker if you want. Can I just also say one thing about Danny Shito? Flo, can I ask you a question? Was it just me, because you've got a great memory of these things, or do you think he had a competition of, with the other players? Of, well, you of, fell down uh, well then. Uh, no, sorry. Um, do you know Shitu? Did he have a Did he have a competition to try and put as many players as he could in the paddocks and the school end in uh, one season? <laughs> Might have done. Yeah. No, he he did have a, a poncho for wiping people out. Um, Superb. Yeah, was, so My and favorite. he also he had quite quite a good goal scoring record. You know, he always he always had a, got a couple of goals every season. We always had him as um, we always had him as first goal scorer because it was often thirty thirty three to one for first goal and you get that would that paid for itself it paid for your season ticket over the course of the season. My two favourite things about Shitu is that thing he used to do where he would shepherd it out for a goal kick from about twenty yards off the byline, <laughs> you know, twenty yards out and it's rolling and he's like, he's going to get a goal kick out of this. And um, there was a game I think it was Alan Lee playing up front for Cardiff. After about ten minutes, Alan Lee. Uh, caught him deliberately, let Shitu jump behind him and then elbowed him in his gentleman's area. Uh, and Shitu was down, like, right in front of us in absolute agony and came off the pitch. And as he was walking off the pitch, he was turning over his shoulder and shouting at Lee that he was coming back for him and that Lee would regret this course of action. And I've never seen just... He absolutely brutalised him for the next hour or so. Shitu just... <laughs> and the referee just let him do it, kind of shrugging, saying, well, you probably shouldn't have hit him in the balls. Uh, right, Flo, I want to say at this point, don't lose heart. I realise that currently all of your, none of your selections have made our ultimate team. However, looking at how these things tend to go, we were much better at defending in the 80s and early 90s than we were in the noughties and thereon. And I've got a feeling it's the opposite way around the midfield and attack. It just confirms what I've known my entire QPR supporting career is that I've I've only really ever had a fair amount of shit to watch. So don't worry. <laughs> I always knew the glory years were back in the day and I spent most of my, you know, forming years being QPR fan watching some pretty dire crap, as, as you all did. But, you know, uh, uh, at least well, I think it yeah, I think it might get better. So, so far, we've got Jan Stasebo in goal. We've got Bartley and Wilson as our full-backs, and we have Paul Parker and Alan McDonald at centre-back. On to midfield. 
which I realise everyone will kind of have a bit of a loose interpretation of kind of right wing, left wing, but we'll, we'll, we'll try and why don't we start from the centre out and go, let's go off kind of two rough centre midfielders, if you like, um, at the same time. Um, I will, I'll declare my two. I'll leave, one of them will definitely be in someone else's selections. I'll leave that to someone else, which is Adel Tarat. Um, and my other one is Ray Wilkins in the centre, who was, I mean, he's honestly one of my favourite QPR players ever. I know he played for some teams that are perhaps not desirable to a lot of QPR fans, but that was irrelevant to me. When he came to QPR, I think it was in 1989, I was 10 years old, and then he was here for four, five, six years. And he was just the exemplary centre midfielder for me. I always remember he was the first footballer I ever noticed could play with both feet. And when I say play with both feet, he could take free kicks with either foot and he could take corners with either foot. His passing was what they call, I suppose, silky smooth. He was a brilliant leader. I always remember one game against Tottenham in the year when we finished top London club, where um, we were actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we beat something like four of the top five teams. We stuck four past them that year. We stuck four past Leeds, we stuck four past Man United, we stuck four past Man City, and we stuck four past Tottenham, I think. Uh, one of them, we were at home to Tottenham, um, and he just ran the show that day. And there was always the cliche that Ian Holloway did his running for him, and he did the kind of directing and the passing. Um, but it really was how, how, how it went, and he absolutely made that 1992-93 team tick. So that's my two. I think with Wilkins, what people forget as well is, and, and Clive remember this better than I will, because I've had too many photos in the years. Anyway, but he was able to also play really well in breaking play up at the back and releasing players because obviously he did. He, he said himself he never had pace, but his vision is probably the best I've ever seen in a footballer in my entire life. The way he used to knock the ball for Leicester and onto, no one inch perfect every time. I mean. It, it was just an amazing player. When we signed him, everyone was like, oh, you know what, you know, he's at the end of his career, blah, 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 blah. I reckon he was good enough, again, to play for England while he was at QPR. And I can't believe he didn't. So, absolutely amazing player. Another one that was taken away way too young. And just, and what a, off the field as well, just a, a pure gentleman as well, just, just didn't, he used class on and off the pitch and um, obviously it turned out later on in life he had his demons which no one knew about poor soul and um, yeah just the way he took the free kicks everything about him was brilliant just yeah absolutely amazing and the who, one that who, who have you got Paul? I've got Wilkins and Fallen uh, okay. Fallen being like totally underrated by everyone outside of W12 um, silky player one of the best footballers I've ever seen at Rangers. Just could do everything, apart from the odd shot that went a bit haywire. Um, but had everything in his, his armory and um, just the best I've seen in a long, long time. And he could, he, unlike some of our players with a guitar, he was very, very good. And famous for um, setting this flat on fire with a barbecue, as he said in the podcast once. <laughs> yeah. And when he came on the podcast, he was amazing. We, we did that children's special one with him and there was no as a great he was just pure gent on and off the pitch. And another one that was absolutely left the club badly, in my opinion, and didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And I would imagine that really hurt the fella, knowing him so that we did limit it for the podcast. Yeah, great player. And we, him and Wilkins together, my God, what a, what a combination that would have been. 
Flo? Another case of sadly not being able to see a player in action. Obviously, from what I've heard of and seen on YouTube and stuff of Ray Wilkins, fantastic player, and only wish I could have been around to see some of that. Uh, but I've gone for Ali Fallon as well and uh, Agel Tarat, um, which I know is probably a pick on most people's lists. And it's having a bit of a comeback as well, which is great to see because um, his career in England was ended way too soon and I would love to see him back at his best. And I don't know if I'd love to see him back at QPR. It would be a bit weird because it might spoil uh, that great time we had with him. But, yeah, what a player. Okay. Uh, Wilkins, Wilkins and Fallin for me as well. I have got to wrap, but in a different in a different place. Further, me forward. too. That's all right. That's all right. We'll keep. We'll keep. We we won't declare the midfield until we have done all four. I think. Fallin, Fallin. I think come back from three ACLs. That you know, not many players have have done that. Um, and I just, I, it's a, it's tragic really because he was still so good even after the three ACLs. But before that, I genuinely think he would have gone on and played for Argentina. He would have, you know, there was talk about Liverpool watching him and clubs like that. I really think he would have gone on and been an absolute superstar um, if it wasn't for that bloody injury at Milton Keynes, um, poxy, <laughs> poxy FA Cup game. Um, so yeah, falling for me and Wilkins as well. You know, all that talk about him being the crab and only passing sideways was nonsense. I, there was a, I remember him putting Dennis Bailey through in the last minute at Norwich. I remember him chipping one through for Bradley Allen to go around the goalkeeper against Leeds at the loft end. You know, just so creative. The vision of him, just wonderful player. Absolute privilege to have to have caught the tail end of his career. Well, you may as well carry on with your final two in the midfield, then, Clive. Okay, well, I've I've gone for two conventional wingers, and it was um, it was two from three really, and I've gone with uh, Trevor Sinclair and uh, Andy Sinton, with uh, an honourable mention for Andy Impey, um, who's who's very underrated player, uh, was absolutely unplayable for us uh, round sort of ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. Impey really sort of came into his own there. Um, and was being mentioned for England as well. They didn't quite get it. But yeah, just I went with Sinton, um, who was just absolutely electric, and uh, and Sinclair as well. Um, and like I say, I've got to wrap but further forward. Mm. Okay. Uh, Flo, I'm going to have to work this one out. Go on, Flo, who, who are yours? So on the left, I put Lee Cook. Um, and then on the right, and a bit of a nostalgic fest, although I've only put him on the right because I'm trying to think of where else I could put him. But I know he kind of roamed around as a bit more of an attacking midfielder. I put Richard Langley, uh, someone I thought was yeah. a really exciting player in my early years of supporting QPR. And uh, someone who also had decent skill from a dead ball as well. So I've put him in, but I wouldn't say he's probably the best you know right winger or right midfielder we've had uh but in my years of watching i did enjoy watching him play so i've tried to slot him in somewhere lee cook's a good shout he basically kept us up single-handedly in that uh, that gregory season he made dexter blackstock look like an adequate championship striker like pele i i have my other two are sinton Andy Sinton, uh, who I just absolutely loved, my first Hotmail password, which I told him when I met him, which was in, in which was as cringe as you think it probably <laughs> was. Um, 
absolutely loved the guy. He just put it on a plate every week for Les Ferdinand. He ran down that wing. He could also play with both feet. He could cross it with the left, but he could also turn, cut in and cross it with the right as well. Um, really, really good player in that team. So he's definitely in there. My other one is a Bereze. Um, and the reason why is I think you don't necessarily, one doesn't necessarily appreciate what they see in front of them until they're gone. And I suspect if we were doing this in 10 years' time, we might, if, and we were doing a top 11 of the last 30 years, he might well get more shouts than, than he, he, he might well do today. Uh, the new edition of 442 is just out. Um, the April edition, I read it last night, and they named their top 50 players in the championship. He is player number five. Which oh, I really? remember he is. I don't remember ever a, um, a QPR player being quite that high in the last 10, 15 years. I think some of the some of the midfielders that we've had in the last 10, 15 years, think about whether they would be rated that high. He hasn't played for us for long enough, perhaps. But he's he's he has got everything and will only get better. So he's my he's my current shout. Vinny. Um, but- well, I'm just going to put. I'm going four three three. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because well, I could I couldn't make my mind up, and I don't care what anyone says. I'm doing it my way. Um, midfield for me. Wait, so I'll tell you what. Give us give us the most midfieldy of your three up front, because then I can work out how to slot it in. Well, uh, I have not thought about that. See, my my three. Stru- Who are your three two? No, my, my 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 well, my mid, one midfielder because I'm putting three up front is mm. in that midfield is and he beat Martin Allen for this and I'm quite surprised at that is Adele. I'm putting him in midfield because he's going to supply my front line superbly and okay. possibly and also, but I mean, I know I got accused of having a love in for Adele, but he was the greatest player I've never seen. Stan, I've never seen Jerry Francis. Uh, I was too late for Tony Curry. I kind of seen glimpses of Stan Rod and that, but Adele is and Wiggly and Sinton and all them. But Adele to me was the most talented player I've ever seen in that shirt. And the things that he could do with the football, I could sit and watch for twenty five hours a day because I just <laughs> found an extra hour from somewhere just to go through <laughs> it all again. Do that. <laughs> See, you have to wait for the yeah. Anyway, but no, Adele head and shoulders. Beautiful player, um, absolutely off his head, and I like that about him as well because he wasn't seeing. And I once drove past him in a sheesh bar at three o'clock in the morning in Edgware Road when I was coming back from a job, and I, I actually had to reverse the van down Edgware Road and he caused my ten car crashes just to make sure it was him. Brilliant player. Okay, and Gareth Ainsworth's uh, honourable Gareth Ainsworth's honourable mention hasn't come up in anybody's list, I think, probably rightly, but also was was a fantastic player for us on the uh, on the right wing, and Martin Rowland yeah, as well. He nearly Ainsworth nearly made the cut for me, and um, in terms of my favourite games, which spoiler alert, we spoiler alert, we might mention on another podcast. Um, he his performances um, and he's just commitment and desire all the time that relentless energy a bit like Jamie Mackey as well who I kind of dabbled with the idea of putting in my team but that that is you know to give so much like Clint Hill as well um yeah Ainsworth was was such a fantastic um kind of icon for the club as well 
Do you know what I remember of Ian's offense? It's not the goals against Rushton and Diamonds and all the, the goals he got. Was I remember once a goal, a, a player, I can't remember, Clive will probably remember better than me because he's like that. Um, we were playing someone and the defender was clearing it and he jumped head foot at them. Do you remember that, Clive? He actually jumped at the ball when they were clearing it and it was mental. I remember him trying to run off a spiral fracture of his shin against Luton. He tried, got up and tried to run it off. It turned out he'd broken his leg. I mean, that's basically sums him up, doesn't it? It was, it was insane. And, um, and I watched good that clip. It was a good player, though. Really good player. And also, I saw that clip from the old day with Paul Smith on the Wickham website. And, yeah. That's on... Like um, that's on BT Sport tonight, I think, 8.30, half an hour uh, of him mic'd up during games and training and stuff. So there's a lot of Paul Smith stuff in there that might be worth tuning in for. And also for singing, um, we are the champions when we won a playoff. Yeah. Martin, Martin Rowlands as well hasn't had a mention in all of this and was and was quality for us. Sorry, came second, not playoff, came second, of course. Definitely. Right, so I'm trying to make sense of this, given the fact that Finney's got three up front, one of which I couldn't is help it. John, one of which is obviously John Byrne, but that's fine. I can't. Uh, that, 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 oh, that's a good bugger. shout. You um, and, and and Clive is 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 putting Tarrant up front. However, I still think there is some kind of general consensus, which I could cross out as we go along. But the midfield is looking something like Wilkins and Tarrant, Sinton, and I'm afraid Fallin is perhaps going to have to go on the right in this midfield, but. Um, Forgive me for that. Let's move on to the strikers. Paul, take us through your three. Quite simple. The greatest forward line you will ever see anywhere in the world. Stuff your Liverpools, your Man United, your Man City, your Barcelona, your Real Madrid. Get stuffed. <laughs> get in the back of this queue. Gary Bannister, Les Ferdinand, John Byrne. Thank you very much. Not Wegerly. Nope. Really? Yeah. Uh, so... John Byrne, my first real hero, my first ever man crush. Amazing player. The trouble with John is he never ever realised what, a, like Ian Stewart, never realised what a good player he actually was, and possibly not selfish enough at times. Flipping that six still against Chelsea, he fucking destroyed them single hand. You know, sending them bastards home miserable was one of the greatest highlights of my life. And <laughs> you know, he he was just oh, don't. I mean, just if he had had the people around him that could maybe just brought out his inner self a bit more, he would have gone on to bigger, bigger, bigger things. And the whole football world would have seen what a great player he was. Fantastic player. Les Ferdinand, I mean, came, um, did the most amazing things, kept us up single-handedly, almost season after season after season. Um, never moaned about being at a small club and it was, you know, stopping his ambitions, did the right thing, um, loved the club, breathed it, and came back from Turkey with his um, blood on his forehead and lead in his boots because he was brilliant. He was firing them off everywhere. And lead in his boots? Where the fuck did that come from? Anyway, sorry. With, um, Not lead in his boots. Rocket, rocket fuel or something like that. This is, what, this is what hibernation does to you, right? You start going crazy. I was saying this to myself yesterday. Anyway, but yeah. And, and lightning quick, but also with Les, that people forget is he read the game so well. He was... And he used to hang in the air like some kind of magical presence and just, oh, amazing player. And Gary Bannister, I will fight anyone that doesn't put Gary Bannister in the best 11 because he was just the business. Loved him. Great player. Underrated. <coughs> oh, God, I'm getting emotional. Well, I have to say, I like him. Not in my name, 
it's, it's, early to, it's early to be this drunk, Finn. Even even I think it's a bit early. What what, what are you, you going to so? do, Paul? Fight, fight me on Zoom. Send me a Zoom in, right? Um, uh, I wouldn't say fight. Uh, I'm talking. I'm talking like we could maybe do some kind of wrestling kind of thing on, like they do with FIFA or stuff like that. There, and I don't know. I'm I'm not a violent person, David. So I'm just I'm just going to throw things at you. I'm used to that from back home. Uh, it's easier. I I'm gonna not. I'm going to just tell you who mine are. I'm pretty sure they're going to come up amongst flies and flow. Mine are Lane Ferdinand and Charlie. Oh, no. Okay. So now, I'm going to go to Flo, who I suspect will have at least one of them uh, top two. So, Charlie Austin, yes, definitely. And then um, there were long periods in my kind of fandom of QPR where we didn't have fantastic strikers, but... Because of one special goal that he did score, I'm putting Paul Furlong in there. Uh, oh, good show. With Charlie Austin. And we've never really recovered since losing Charlie Austin. We had Wells, obviously, for a little bit as a loanee, but we, have, we haven't found a striker since he left. So, um, yeah, Austin and Furlong for me. Paul Furlong is a great shout because um, I mean because my midfield basically picked itself. I, I wanted Sinton, I wanted Sinclair, I wanted Fallin, and I wanted Wilkins. So I had to put Adele somewhere else. So I've gone with Tarapt and Ferdinand as my strikers, um, and it was it was basically deciding who else to put with Ferdinand because you know absolutely spoiled as a kid. Just my he was my first QPR striker and he was basically the best striker in the country at that time. And I just thought it was always going to be like that. So I was spoiled as a kid, really. Um, and then it was just a case of thinking who to, to put with him and the circumstances, the rules of the game have, have, have meant that I've gone with Adele. But the other people I thought about, um, I'd, I'd forgotten Furlong and I'm, I'm kicking myself for that because Furlong was brilliant. Um, Charlie Austin, obviously, I gave some consideration to. And do you know what? It, although it was only for a brief period of time, it, he was absolutely incredible, just absolutely unplayable at that time was John Spencer. Oh, um, God, yeah. About 25 yeah. goals in two-thirds of a season. And again, f- then fell out with Rioch. I mean, that's a, that's a recurring theme in this, isn't it? But he was absolutely unplayable for us when he first got here. So I did. I gave Spencer some consideration as well. But I've, I've had to go for Terraps, just, you know, best technical player I think, yeah, best technical player I've seen at, at Rangers. Um, obviously, all kinds of issues and you know off the field and behaviour and that. But you know, as I often say, if he if he was a saint, if he behaved himself, if he was James Milner, he would ne- with the talent he had, he would never have ended up playing for us in the first place. So, you know, the flaws he had were the reason he was playing for us and why we got to enjoy him as much as we did. Can I just apologise as well for leaving Kevin Gallinote and also in defence of Gary Bannister as well. Just to go back a bit, because you're not feeling the love, guys. Two hat-tricks against Chelsea. And I'm surprised Wegerly hasn't hasn't snuck into somebody's. I mean, he was just before my time, but, you know, he was he was some player, wasn't he? I originally had a 3-5-2, and Wegerly was in it, but when I reverted back to 4-4-2, he dropped to the bench. So he, 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 he's a nearly man in my eleven. Do you know who else was really good when he signed for us up front as well? And we forget was Andy Thompson. Yeah, I was just saying, somebody said the other day, he's still the last player to get 20 league goals in a season for us, isn't he? I think Austin ended up with 19 one year. Yeah, uh, I think so, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't looked that stat up, so don't, don't 
quote me on it. I just saw someone on Twitter the other day say Andy Thompson. Again, brief period of time. It was just that one season. It really clicked for him, didn't it? And then his, his, back, his back went, I think, after that. But yeah, he was didn't do anything. Just stood in the penalty area, but he could really finish. Very good. Right. I think we're there. So we have Jan Stasekel in goal. We've got David Bardsley and Clive Wilson at fullbacks. Our centre-backs are Paul Parker and Alan McDonald. We've got a midfield of Wilkins, Tarap, Sinton and Fowlin. And up front, we have Les Ferdinand and Charlie Austin. That's a pretty good team, isn't it? I'm sulking. <laughs> I knew Finney wasn't going to like that. <laughs> um, and just to finish us off, because I, I can hear children getting hungry and restless outside this door, uh, they are mine, I should add. Uh, <laughs> David Fears of the child catcher. Carry on. Exactly. In a word, so this is a 1980s to present QPR 11. In a word, or t- well, I suppose it will be two, uh, who's managing your team? Jerry Francis. Yeah, same for me. Clive? I'm going to go for Warnock uh, just because of the absolute mess he inherited and how quickly he turned it round, whereas Jerry, as as brilliant as he was, a lot of the groundwork, a lot of the players that were so good for him, you know, everybody we've mentioned here really, Wilkins, Bardsley, Wilson, he inherited all of those from Don Howe, who'd done a brilliant job for us before him so I've in the end gone for Warnock good show Flo yeah I went for Warnock as well because I'm getting my violin out again most of my fandom has been spent with about at one time 10 different managers over you know a couple of seasons so um, yeah for for pure stability and success I'm going to go for Warnock yeah, go for Warnock, go for Warnock David. He inherited an absolute mess, and Jerry Francis inherited Don Howe's team. That's I'm first. very happy to concede that. I don't that, think can, Warnock managed any of these players. Oh, Taraps, of course, and Fowler. Sorry, forget that. Can, can, <laughs> can I ask, can I, why is it do you think that um, Warnock's um, reign is not really respect it the way it is sometimes among some of the fans because I I think what he did like Clive was totally outstanding I mean it was it, and also we played bloody good football he had this whole thing of being a kick and run merchant blah 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 it was an amazing season but yeah you know every time he was linked with coming back to the club people were whinging I, I, it sort of bypassed me any ideas I wouldn't if when he was linked with coming back I wouldn't necessarily have have gone for that um, I mean, with, hind- with hindsight, Hasselbank was a, was a poor appointment, so you would rather have had Warnock than than him. So that that wasn't the most sensible thing we did. But I could kind of see the logic behind, you know, we were trying to go in the direction we've gone, and that's not really... Warnock is very much a sign players, spend money, you know, manager, isn't he? He's not a, he's not a coach. I don't think you could ever... No, that's true. As a coach and a, you know working with young players, kind of manager, which was the direction we were going in. Um, with hindsight, the wrong decision, but I can see why it was made. Fair point. Fair point. Right there, we have it. Uh, that was a good exercise. That was fun. All um, we will, um, I'm sure, we will get lots of people agreeing with us, disagreeing with us. What about this one? What about that one? Remember, this is only roughly the 1980s till now. So all the the obvious obvious players who would walk into any all time eleven are not included for those reasons. Um, and you know, what, yeah. I feel I feel bad I feel bad for not including Mark Burcham as well. Shout out to Mark who 
lived the dream like Kevin Gallen and Lee Cook and all the other QPR fans have played for us. So full respect to Mark for what he did for QPR as well. Good shout. Um, chaps, and, it, and, and Flo, I should say. Anything else to say before we sign off? I've thought of a name for it, the team. Go on. Because cause my 4-3-3, I'm ignoring you lot, with um, Byrne, Bannister and, and, and Les, it would um, Flo Park Rangers. There you go, Flo. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yes, so welcome. I think the isolation is getting to you, Finney. Um, no, I just wanted to say well done to the club and the players for bringing some of the older fans this week. Um, really nice Brilliant. gesture. And uh, like lots of us uh, obviously struggling with this uh, isolation, but for older people who are living alone, it really is another level. So, um, yeah, well done to the club um, and the players for doing that. It was really nice. And you say how much... Abiri Eze tweeted yesterday that um, he'd spent the morning like ringing around the elderly to make sure they're okay or whatever, and someone replied asking if he'd rung Angel Rangel. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Isn't that just such a good thing with the club? The club is just the community side of our club is just so amazing. And I'm, you know, for, I mean, as a fan, like all of us, I'm so proud of him. But that was amazing. These players did that, and they seemed to enjoy it as well. It wasn't just a PR exercise. Um, it was, it was, it was much love. It was done with much love. And Eze is just an amazing player. I mean, the only thing is with all this, we might get to keep him for another season, which I'm just being greedy for. Yeah, we well, we haven't even talked about when we might come back because I feel like we're going around in circles. But uh, it's been quite nice to sort of get away from all that chat and just reminisce. So we'll do the same again. Next week, we will go back. We'll go back to the original theme, which was going to be the games. Um, yeah, have, have, have a good week, everyone. David, can I, can, I, can I just check with Darry for next Saturday and get back to you? Uh, I'm, I think I'm due to walk into the living room next Saturday morning from yes. the kitchen. <laughs> so I, I, I think I'm free. Yeah, okay, I, I should be, but it might, might go and cut a bush somewhere. Fair enough. Tedious um, bush, sorry. It was funny in my head. I'm not dealing with this isolation too well. I'm going to admit it. I'm struggling. I we missed can tell. I, I even miss talking shit with Clive in the, in the crown when at the odd times I go in there. I'm never going to take for granted Clive's words of wisdom when he's pissed ever again. <laughs> well, you've had, you've, had, you've had a good chance this morning on, on the Skype crown. Uh, that's cool. Then. I like it. Um, I like it. Let's let's uh, let's finish there. Let us know what you think on Twitter, on Facebook, and yeah, we will be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Open All Lars QPR podcast. QPR. QPR. QPR.